Today we talk tradition and keeping it firmly planted in today as we chat to Susie Tallman on Benny Asking People Questions. Asking People Questions is proudly supported by Major Minor Music Australia, who wish to thank the people of the Gadigal Nation on whose lands all their work is done. If you'd like to know more, then head along to mmma.com.au. As children's performers, we often put our hearts and souls into the notion of being child inclusive. It's something we all strive for, but then occasionally someone comes along which reminds us of what it actually really means, what it means to put children front and centre of what you do. This does not mean lyrically or musically, but physically realising that the music you create needs to have children literally reflected back to them. Today's guest acknowledged this right from the start of her career and has held true to this notion ever since. Children are present with such clarity that you're almost forgiven to assume it's an album made by children. The work slips and slides between standards, new work, listening moments, and pure joy as she truly leans in on the notion to be with the children, not in front. I'm very grateful to have her here today because it is a career I have quietly watched and one I've always been intrigued by, so I'm grateful to finally have the chance to ask all the things I want to know, but also to sit quietly and be told all the things I had no idea I wanted to know. My guest today is Susie Tolman, all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Susie. Thanks for joining me on Benny Asking People Questions. Hello, Benny. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh, really excited a, to be here. Yeah, it's great. It's a pleasure to, to finally get to talk. Um, it's a it's a really it's a it's a really beautiful body of work, um stretching over many years. And and it is a real, it's a really it is a genuinely lovely opportunity to get to speak to you and, and find out, I guess, what your heart is behind it because there's a lot of stuff that you say on your website and, and through the press release for this album that really speaks to there's, there's a real deep emotion that runs through what you do, I feel. Um, like, for example, there's on your website you talk about um, connecting your love of music to your love for the spirit of childhood. And I think that kind and and the, my question was, what, what do you see that spirit as? There's no right or wrong answer to that. But even asking that question, I'm kind of a bit like, well, I can hear it in the in the music you create. But just for the sake of those that are, haven't been introduced to you, what do you, what do you mean? What is it about the spirit of childhood or how would you define it that you're so drawn to? Yeah, um, I think it just goes back to my childhood when I say the spirit of childhood and as uh, you know, we, we feel like childhood was just yesterday. I'm sure you do too. And we can remember those still going, moments. Still going. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still, still going, right in the right. middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as, as we, as parents, you know, we, all of that childhood comes, you know, crashing back to us and how we remember the good times and we want to share those with our kids. And so when I say the spirit of childhood, I, I loved my childhood singing with my family. That was such a big part of my life. And um, that's how I grew up. And I, we spent hours just around the piano and around campfires and in the backyard. I mean, clearly we didn't have um, the social media and the, the things that kids do today that, um, that are harder to get around. But um, I just remember those times with such clarity and I have such fondness for them that that's, that's what I try to do in my music. And by bringing in children, 
I feel like kids want to sing with other kids. They don't want to just sing with someone, an adult. So I feel like it really helps bring the message back to kids by having kids with me. So that's mm. how it all started with, with your, children singing with me. Would you, was, your, was your family, I mean, obviously they were musical, but were they professional musicians or were they just let's get the guitar and the piano out and let's punch out some tunes on a Christmas Eve kind of scenario. Yeah. Well, actually my grandfather was in a band way back um, in, you know, in uh, back in the 1930s and um, he was in a band in Los Angeles and his band was one of the first bands to actually be paid, played on the radio. And there was, wow. they had, there were like five different, five guys and they had five different band names because what they would do, they would say, okay, now we have the blue devils coming. And then they would play a couple songs and then they would, cause they couldn't afford back then to have multiple bands. One band. And so that's, yeah. yeah. And then he was actually a park ranger at Yosemite. So um, he did all the songs and the campfires. And so those are the songs that and my mom was raised there as a, as a kid wow. at, the national park. And so she grew up singing all those and that's what they did every night. They sang campfires. And then, so that's what we did. <laughs> so that's, they just passed it down. Because that, I guess the thing about your granddad being a musician back in the 1910s and the 20s, 30s, I mean, that that's the era where you can't play three or four chords on a guitar and join a, and start a band. Like that's an era where you need, like you, you'd be considered an aficionado nowadays. Oh yeah. And he was a banjo player and fiddle player and he, he did it all. So, wow. and that was great. And then my father was actually a really good singer and he mm. sang in Los Angeles at everything, like all the, um, the events kind of thing. He, he, um, sang at churches and with the Kingsmen. He, that was his, those, those were his friends. He didn't sing yeah. in that group, but, um, so anyway, that was, uh, not professional, but we just had a lot of it around us. My aunt was a professional pianist, actually. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. The horse knows the way to carry the sleigh through white and drifted snow. Over the river and through the woods, oh, how the wind does blow. It stings the toes and bites the nose as over the ground we go. Over the river and through I think it's fair to, I look, just, just by putting all that together, it sounds like there was a fairly decent quality of the music that you were surrounded in. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily just, yeah, you know, my brother used to, you know, bang out a couple of years to play you two in the corner. Like it was, it sounds like you, you really did had to, cause I think that's one of the things about your album, which we'll get to is, is looking over your career. There's a professionalism in the performance and the delivery and the orchestration, all those things. There's a real thought behind everything not to suggest other people aren't thinking, but there's um, it's almost from the get go. You really understood there's there's a quality that music kind of needs to be if you're going to release it and give it to people. Um, a, do you think that's kind of a fair assumption? And B, I'm I'm assuming that sounds like a lot from your upbringing. It is, yeah, yes, definitely from my upbringing. And then I was um, I studied music at university. Mm at um, UCLA, it's in Los Angeles. And um, so I was around great teachers and musicians. And then, um, I don't know if you read in my bio, but I worked in the music business. I did. And so, before you um, launch into that, yeah. before you launch into that, because I have got some questions about that, but I do just want to go back before we drift too far away from your family. In, in the press release for this particular album, you do say this album helps keep my father close to my heart. Now, um, 
which is which is a beautiful sentiment. And I think again, I, I, it almost feels like in the, in the last sort of uh, it's twenty odd years you've been releasing music for families and children. You could really say that about any of these albums, really, because they all have the same kind of heart and that sharing and that connection in them. Is there any particular reason why this album it was it that you went? This is a, this is the album that you know makes me think of him the most, or? Well, he um, he passed away almost two years ago mm. next week, um, and uh, it was he had Parkinson's, so he he couldn't sing at the very end, and um, he but he he sang a lot of these songs with me and even in the hospital when we sang some of these together and Mm. he, he gave it his best shot. So that was really, really important for me to put this out um, as soon as I could after, after he passed. And so, and, and, um, and my mom is still around with me and still singing. And so this meant a lot to her too. Mm. So uh, to do some of the songs that we sang together at the very end. Yeah. It's a really, um, it's yeah. I mean, it, it it feels like a really beautiful tribute album, but they they kind of all do. All of them seem to be a tribute to to different things. I mean, all your work seems to be a tribute to to family, to connection, to fun, to childhood. I don't know. There's something something very gluing. I think is probably the best term about your music, and you just kind of I don't know. I I found listening to your back catalogue, I just kind of wanted to. It wasn't even about hugging my kids. I just wanted to go outside and kick a ball with them. You know, I was like, I was like, I just, Aww, wanted to, okay. I just kind of wanted to be with them and with my partner and just kind of go, hey, let's, I don't know, let's all do stuff. Like, I don't know, there's something, there's something very <laughs> joyous about that. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Talking about your early career, because yes, as you were just about to mention, you before you created Rock Me By Records, which is what you release your your current stuff on. Um, Rock Me Baby, yeah. Rock Me Baby, sorry. Oh yeah, I've left no, out the A, uh, the A in there. It just it says <laughs> Rock Me By when you leave an A out. Um, but you. You've also, like, prior to that, you have worked with enormous names. You've, you've on your list, you know, people like Dr. Dre, Nine Inch Nails, Tracy Chapman, Ron Sexsmith, for goodness sake. I mean, under those scenarios, what made you want to do the, the kind of children's family scene? Because it feels like you're very well, because it's not, look, let's be frank, it's not the sexiest of genres. <laughs> so what, what, you're surrounded by people like this. What made you go, no, no, that that life looks amazing, but I'm going to go over here and do this other completely separate thing. So that life was amazing, but at the same time, that's a hard life working in mm. the rock and roll industry. And um, when it was, I was deciding whether I should keep going in that world or do something else. That is when I went to a baby shower and actually was singing to a couple of babies that were crying and they stopped crying. And then my friend said, make a CD for us um, back in the day. And it was something that because I was working at a recording studio, I was like, Hey, yeah, I actually can do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's how it started. And it was really just a gift for my friends. And I, 
I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to continue working in studios for a while because I love working in a studio. That was fantastic. And working with great artists, that was so much fun. And it was constantly inspirational to work with someone like Ron Sexsmith and uh, Tracy Chapman, those people. Yeah, I learned so much from them. But um, when it became time, it was uh, when I, I did make my first CD and I ended up getting really lucky because that's kind of when the web really sound old now but was coming out and um i my uh i had moved to san francisco and my landlord worked at a big website called baby center it was a brand new one and she said you should let me put your cd on our website mm-hmm. and i was the only music on the seat on the website wow. and i sold ten thousand copies within a couple months and wow. so she said oh we need more and we need more and then i quit my job and I was wow. like, oh, I actually can do this. And so I made my next record, and uh, which I made in Australia. And I, That um, is very yeah, much my another... next question. My... <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so it just kind of took off. And I still stayed in touch with a lot of those musicians for a while. I, I don't talk to too many of them anymore but um because everyone goes and has families and Mm -hmm. goes their different ways but um yeah it was it was really great to be able to um like i remember ron saying really being proud of me saying i can't believe that you did this this is so great you know that that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. same with trent reznor and just saying that's you're i'm so happy you're doing this you know like what an extraordinary because I think I think the one thing it's funny, like t- talking just then when you were talking about those artists and talking about what you learned from them, the thing that really stands out for me is your delivery. There's something quite um, I, I don't know how to. I'm a little bit. I'm not sure how to describe it, but it, there, there's nothing forced about what you are doing. It feels very genuine. And and I think what's really lovely about your delivery, and this is this is through all your work and is is far more pertinent in the last last album, is this idea where you are part of the song as opposed to the songs there to elevate you. And I think, yeah. and I think that's really amazing performing. And I think that's only something that that you would have, you could have absorbed from great performers. That you are a little bit more than the song itself. Great performers are still slaves to the amazing song that they're performing within. You know, and and I think that's something you have, which really comes across. Is it's, I don't want to use the word contrived because I think that's a little bit thrown around too easily with children's music, but but there's a real. You have a real, there's a real connection is what, with what you're trying to do. And it, and it is really deeply honest. And I think you can feel that. Is that, is that sort of one of the things that you feel you would have got from just being around these incredible performers or is it natural? Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah, anything I, I probably learned a lot from those performers because they, I tried to soak it all up mm. all the time because they all had so much to offer, but, um, they were always so true to themselves and they, they knew what they wanted and what I wanted originally with my first record, for example, was I just wanted to provide this, these lullabies to my friends. And I didn't even have my name on the original cover of the first album, no picture. And I didn't have a picture on the front or back. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted it to be about the music. And I really thought 
parents are going to want to know who I am. They just want to know these songs. And so that's how important it was for me to, I I subsequently put my name on uh, the record, but um, because now I have my name everywhere, but um, because it's so important. Because you got it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to. But (laughs) it was about the songs and the music, 100%. And the, Mm. the person, the producer I used to work for, he always emphasized that these Mm. artists, they could do, they didn't have to follow. And the record company that I helped start, Interscope, was about that. The Mm. artists didn't have to, they didn't follow a a record company person saying, hey, you need to record a record like this. It was all about what they wanted and Mm. their their Mm. passion and their ideas. Because that's really how you have to make a record. You can't make it for someone else. You have to make what you believe in, you know? So I, I feel like that's what I try to do. <laughs> when the sun comes up and says hello, it's time to rise and shine. It's time to go. Magpie sings as she spreads her wings. Wake up. Who's that? The Bill Rod. Hey, there's a bee. She's busy. She's buzzing. She's making honey. Um, so obviously being from Australia myself, it is near impossible for me to go any further without leaning in and doing a beeline <laughs> for your connection to Boom Crash Opera. Because um, obviously reading through the things on the website and it said, you know, drama from Boom Crash Opera. I was like, oh, amazing. And it went, writer for Boom. And I was like, hang on a minute. This is basically Boom Crash Opera <laughs> on this, is, is this whole thing. So why Australia? Like, we'll get into this, you know, we'll get into uh, Let's All Sing after this. But um yeah, what's your what's your connection to Australia? How did all that happen? So Boom Crash Opera came to the States, to Los Angeles, to work with Jimmy Iovine to do ah. one of their records um, way back. And, um, and they had a record deal with um, an American company. And um, and so I was the production coordinator for for them because I worked for Jimmy and Jimmy Iovine. And... Um, it was just great. So I became really good friends with the drummer, Maz, yep. Peter Maslin. So, um, in fact, we're still such good friends. He was in my wedding party. I was in his. Um, Amazing. Just, we've been really great friends for all these years. And then when, um, I guess it was the second record, I went to his wedding. And then um, I just stayed and worked with Richard Pleasance, yep. who used to be in, yeah. So, um, and we worked on that. Yeah, you don't, you don't, need, to ex- and, you don't need to explain so, any of these names. Just, just saying okay. that it was enough. <laughs> Yeah, we just we sat next to each other at the wedding, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to? we do this?" And sure, you know. So it all worked wow. out, and and then um, when I think, yeah, and then he introduced me to Mark O'Connor, who wasn't part of the Crush Opera, but he's a great mm-hmm. pianist um, in Australia and um, great musician. And then I worked with Peter Farnan on another couple records, mm-hmm. and he has a studio at, at his home, and it, he's phenomenal too as you know and mm-hmm. and then greg o'connor he worked on my this latest one and he always kind of dabbled in some of the the voices on nursery rhymes you can hear pretty mm-hmm. much the whole band um except for dale he wasn't on it but um it was just really fun we all got together and it was they're such good friends of mine and, and the great everyone players. kind of and they're great players and they all had fun and it was just mm-hmm. it was really um 
some of those songs were for Richard's kids because they were little at the time and like, oh, let's do this one. And who wants to do this funny voice? And so I really didn't think it would become as big as it did for me as a job. And um, I didn't really think I would sell as many as I had. I just thought it was fun and to do it for friends. So, and it just really worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, became my oh, career. it certainly worked out. Yeah, it was just really funny. I saw the day and I went, boom, crash up for a while. Okay. That's the big old frog. So let's let's talk about Let's All Sing, which which comes out on the twelfth or second of November. I think it's coming out in November third. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. November third. Um, so I've, first thing I want to address is the timing because obviously you had quite a big break between uh, you. You there was a huge gap before you released your Spanish album. And then we're talking another four years before this one was before then, like from that sort of early 2000s through to like, I don't know, 2012, you you were quite reasonably prolific. You had a lot of stuff circulating and then you just had mm-hmm. this kind of big break. What, why, not so much why the break, but why now? Why, why was it in time to come back and do this album? Um, well, the big break and this, so the big break was because I have three kids that's and I had twin it. boys. Definitely <laughs> yeah, so I had, <laughs> yep. So I, that definitely was my priority. And I was still singing a lot and teaching music a lot. Mm. I, I taught at their school. I, um, I had a big performance every year with all 400 kids uh, a couple times a year. So I taught um, on a regular basis at elementary school, elementary mm. level and preschool. And I did that all through their, elementary years. Mm. So that took up so much time. And I actually was still selling my CDs. So um, not making new music, but I was still working on my business Mm. side. Mm. But yeah, raising my kids definitely took um, my priority. And I was performing a lot locally as well. And um, so that was the big break. And then the Spanish CD, I really um, wanted to do a a record that celebrated the language, the Spanish Mm. language. And I grew up in Southern California, but I, and I heard Spanish all the time, but living in New Mexico, I was, um, mm. I was really inspired to do it because so many of my friends, my husband's friends, he's from here that were Hispanic or that are Hispanic couldn't speak Spanish. And that was just so mm. strange for me because growing up in Los Angeles, I, some could, some couldn't, uh, some of my friends, families that were from Mexico, for example, um, and I, I really thought it was important to celebrate learning another language and learning mm. Spanish. And I wanted to do it in a way where um, my kids could, they're starting to learn Spanish as well. Mm. And so, um, so that's why I wanted to put that one out. And then the beauty of that record was that it's mainly Spanish, but it has Spanish and English. Yep. So it, it's kind of, um, and it, the first iteration was all Spanish. And then I played it for my children, my, at the time, my boys, and they were seven or something at the time. And they looked at me like, we don't want to hear this. And like deer in headlights, like what? And then I started singing it to them in Spanish and English. English, And then they're like, Oh, Oh, that's cool. Mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not what that means. And so I was like, Oh, okay. I have to do that scaffolding method. And yeah. And really teach them in this way. And so now it's it's been great. So that one um, kind of worked out, but I'm glad I did do the English and Spanish. I'm glad I had my test subjects, my children. So that was, yeah. Yeah. Is there any 
I don't I don't know what the word is. Is there any sort of permissions or anything you need to gain to just sing Spanish? I mean, do you need, I mean, what's what's the protocol? Do you need someone who obviously speaks very fluent Spanish to go over everything that you're doing or, or are you fairly confident with your Spanish? I mean, do you consider yourself bilingual? What's the... Oh, no, I'm not bilingual at all, but I did grow up speaking Spanish. Mm. We lived real close. Uh, we went we went to Mexico quite a bit, actually, mm. but um, I grew up just learning it and yeah. being in Southern California. Yeah. But um, I did have friends that are fluent. My husband's fluent, and um, oh, I had okay. many yeah. friends here that um, they listened to everything and they made sure it was okay. And, mm. um, and same with translations and yep. things. And the translations aren't exact because I did some in English that it can't be exact, yep. um, in order to fit with timing and things. But, um, no, I had a lot of friends, uh, check it, make sure Good. that it was, <laughs> yeah. So, but I also at UCLA, I had to speak, I studied classical music and you had to learn a of lot course. of Italian, Russian, yeah, Spanish, French, German. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I felt all right about it. like a four-year break uh, before Let's All Sing, which really does revert back to what you are doing over a decade ago, really. What's, um, what what brought it about again? Was this was this because of your father? Was it this just like, I feel like I need to revisit this? Or? Um, you know what? I, I, love, I love being in the studio and I love recording and I have like three other projects that I'm working on right yeah, now. Right. So <laughs> it's just a matter of finishing them and getting finding them out. The time, so, yeah. and finding the time just with, um, being a mom and I'm still driving to soccer practice and all oh, those things. Yeah. So, um, it just keeps me busy. So, um, but yeah, I'll have another, you know, still working on things and, um, I wish it wasn't that much time in between, but it, it was. So yeah, that's how it works. The way it goes. Um, I know between, between twins and a third and COVID, Let's be, you know, I think we should just celebrate the fact that we did anything. So well done. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so let's actually talk about this album. I've, 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 I feel like I've got a grasp of your history now. Um, when, what I normally do with these albums is I go, as I go back and I listen to the old, the old music and I'll, um, you know, try to find where the growth has been. But the, the funny thing is, is, is there hasn't, there hasn't been a humongous growth in you now before. Let me let me finish that because that can sound <laughs> insulting. But but rather than that, there wasn't a growth. What it, what it really showed me is really from the get go, right back when you were really confident and knew what you were trying to do and what you wanted to achieve. And there's obviously some musical choices like Garden of Sounds is is a very different kind of musical direction, I think, um, for you and Gotta Give Love as well compared to the other stuff. But the rest of the album still falls quite heavily into what you have done previously, which does indicate to me that you, you're just very confident and know what you're trying to achieve. Is that is that kind of a fair call? Yeah, I, I still really believe and feel that I want um, I want kids and parents to be able to have this connection and I want kids to be able to maybe sing a song in school and this is like some of the traditional ones, if that's what you're referring to. Yeah. And then maybe they come home and that they sing that same song with the parent or the caregiver. Yeah. And because it's something that they've heard before. And so I do sprinkle my albums with original songs, yeah. but 
I do stay true to including the traditional because mm. that is in my lane. I know how to do that. I feel like yeah. I feel welcome in that lane and um, I'm confident in that lane. And it's, it's really truly because I want that connection. I want to keep mm. that connection and I want to keep the um, like nursery rhyme to traditional songs preserved, just like preserving a language. I want to keep those songs on the forefront and maybe change them, tweak them and have a new version because mm. I think it's so important to keep those songs alive in our culture. And it's, mm. it is part of our culture, our culture. And if we, we don't keep doing different iterations of them, mm. they will die. And, um, I also think a lot of, um, like I studied with the Orf method and, um, and I know that Kodai, they use traditional music as well because of that, for that very reason, it's in the pedagogy because of parents might know it and then it'll help with learning the material. So yep. I, I just feel like that's, that's just really important to me, but I do love the new stuff too. So. Oh, the new stuff's amazing. I think Garden of Sounds is, is a really beautiful song. Like I was quite, I was quite struck by it. I just was, I wasn't, I, I sort of, I guess because it wasn't fitting in what I had known from you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just really, it was really, I think I was less prepared for it and it was really beautiful. But just, just sticking with those covers and, and the old traditional songs, not covers, traditional songs, there is a big difference. Um, th- there's also, what, one thing you do with a lot of these songs is there's an enormous amount of fun. I want to, I one example is Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which, you know, I listened to your version of that on this album and and what I actually heard was this idea that you go, I've got a song and I know how it goes and, and now I'm just going to sit with it and play it and start finding out where the ridiculousness is of it, mm-hmm. where the beauty of it is, what can I add to it, what can I bring to it, how can I make this unique. Um and it kind of strikes me as a lot of fun. I mean, do you, do, is it, is it fun for you to take these very traditional songs and, and, and go, okay, what can I do with them? What can I make out of them? And where can I take them? And I think particularly adding children into those voices as well, kind of gives mm-hmm. them a whole new thing. I mean, is, is it just fun to play with those songs? Oh, I love it. I love it. Like the, take me out to the ball game was so much fun. And I, I've never heard it with an announcer before. So that's why exactly, I wanted to yeah. add that. Which and, seems obvious, right? The... Like I was kind of going, how come one is this? Surely just being Australian means I haven't heard this before, but this clearly must exist somewhere. Like it seems obvious. Yeah, I hadn't not. heard it like that. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to have one of my friends do that. And he did the voiceover. And then even having the organ, because in baseball stadiums in America, you have the big organ sound. So I had that in there. And um, and then just have the fun of like an audience and a, a, at a ball game. Just wanted yep. to kind of recreate that actual feeling of being at a ball game. So I, I love being in the studio. It's just that's, that's my favorite part of yeah. making an album. It's just being in there and, and seeing what we can do. Got, particularly on this album, I guess. Have you have you ever come across a, dish, a traditional song that you've always wanted to perform that you've just gone, this is 
for the lack of a better word, a bit too sacred. I can't really muck around with this one too much. Or it's too meaningful. I need to keep this very true to what it is and just give it not your own take, but your just your own delivery to it, but not muck around with it too much. Well, like Peace Like a River, that one, mm. um, it's pretty straightforward. And um, I've done that one with hundreds of kids um, and holiday shows, like mm. 400 kids. And mm. that one, I just, I, that's such a special song to me that I've just kind of kept it the way mm. I do it with kids. And except I don't have 400 kids singing on it, but. Um, you, you've got so, closer. You, you've, got, <laughs> you've got twins. So that to me is, is as equivalent to 400 kids. So <laughs> and a 17 year old. So, yeah. Oh God, how old are the twins? They're 14 now. Oh, okay, great. Sorry. I still had this yeah, image so, that they were like two running around and, and oh, just no, destroying no. things. But no, 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 they're now 14. No, yeah. we're past that stage. That's when I didn't put out <laughs> records. <laughs> yeah, um, so so the, the couple of songs I do want to lean in that we talked about is, is some of those anomalies that are that, that are clearly the, the real um, – uh, what's the word? The original works. Uh, I want mm-hmm. to talk about Garden of Sounds because it's also a very different sound. It kind of feels like it allowed you to be a bit more. I don't think adventurous is a word because I actually find all everything you do is 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 really adventurous within the style it sits. I mean, but I guess Garden of Sounds allowed you to kind of explore a bit more of what you could do outside. And before we go any further, it's not a traditional song, Garden of Sounds, is it? No. It's an, yeah, good, great. No, no, it's an original that yeah. uh, Greg O'Connor and I wrote. Um, yeah, and, but, it, but, it feels, uh, and... but it feels like you were allowed to, like you had the opportunity to kind of just step outside of an expectation and go, well, what can I now do this out of fun and just creativity mm-hmm. and the beauty of music? Was it, was it like that recording it? Yeah, absolutely. And we wanted to do something that was different because it had been a few years. And mm. um, since I had released something and I wanted to, not that I wanted to keep up with the Joneses, but you have to, you have to be a bit more, yeah. you have to keep up and you have to be more mm. modern. And you, I really wanted to have something that not something like the kids listen to on the radio, but kind of some, mm. some of the, the vibe is something because you, if you don't have something that the kids kind of mm. hear on the radio in the background, mm. they're not going to really listen to this either. Mm. And that's mm. Mm. how the music has evolved. If you listen to my nursery rhymes, you know, 18 years ago, yeah. it was more kind of with the times. Now it's, you know, it's older. It still has the unique traditional yeah. sound, but yeah. it's, um, it's not as contemporary as it was when it was yeah. released. Yeah. And so that's what we were trying to do with this song. We really wanted to um, have that contemporary feel and make it fun and funky that kids can mm. kind of dance along and, and we have kids in it as well. It's just to yeah, absolutely to, to make it feel like it's for kids. Too. Well, there's kids through but the yeah. This was fun. Yeah, I mean, there's kids through the whole album. I mean, I, I sort of flagged from about you know the green grass grows, or even that this land is your land. I kind of feel like from that point on, the the, the children became louder within all those <laughs> tracks. They were present at the start, okay. but they feel like they just came out a bit more. I was like, oh, they're and I had to go back and listen to the start of the album just to ensure they were there at the start. <laughs> um, but no, it's a really, it's a beautiful notion about your, your, your music and, and the way you approach. I mean, there's a, there's a artist over here who's kind of, you know, one of our nearest and, and most celebrated uh, children's performers named Peter Coombe. And I remember asking him, you know, you have a lot of children in your music, you know, why is that? And he was a little bit dumbfounded and just stared at me and said, well, it's music for children. It doesn't make any sense not to have them in it. 
and um, it kind of really resonated with me. Not enough to me to put children in my music, but I, I understood <laughs> what he, he was saying. But I actually think it's really hard, and I think one of the things you've done is you've, you've found that really good balance because I think often people fall into that cutesy, oh, I've got kids being cute and they do this, this, and this, whereas you're actually uh-huh. going, no, no, I want them to sing the choruses with me. I need them to have this kind of skill set. I need them to be this kind of level so that we can actually do it properly. Is that is that relatively uh-huh. true of how you approach children in the music? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I They're mainly my students that mm. that I know that they can sing and that I know that they'll do what I ask them to do. And I edit out things that I don't want. But um, yeah, I do think it's important because you have to make the music that parents also want to listen to. And I mean, I'd love it if they listen as a family, that'd be wonderful. But in order for a child to hear it in the first place, it has to be appealing to a parent for them to play it um, for this age, right? For the, you know, now now kids yeah. can listen at a certain age, but for for the longest time, the kids couldn't just put a CD play CD in on their own or whatever they're for. So, but now they can. Another bit of a sidestep is got to give love, um, which, again, it feels like even another step away from Garden of Sounds. It feel it feels like it's really stripped back and almost it almost feels like it's from a whole different session. This song, it's like done somewhere else with different people, or even <laughs> completely solo on your own with a synthesizer and just stuff in the in a room. Was there mm-hmm. what's what's the what was the the thinking behind this one? Why again such a such a I guess it felt like quite a big shift away from live instruments, which you seem to lean in on, and I think that's your production values and things. But this mm-hmm. seemed again another step away from that. Yeah, um, this one, yeah, it was probably definitely more of a. It wasn't as as alive instrumentation, mm. of course, but it was a song that I just felt strongly about because I was um, I actually was in New York earlier in the year and just walking and I get a lot of inspiration from mm. walking and moving and going to the river and, you know, just kind of um, th- thinking about things as I move. And um, I had just spoken to my boys on the phone and I was thinking about them. And, and then I ended up meeting Susie Shelton for a coffee and, um, and we were talking about our kids and our kids sound pretty similar and it, it was it was just a we we're it was just a nice chat and um talking about the philosophy of raising our mm. kids and then um I left and I had this song in my head and then I I put it down and I called her and said hey do you want to sing on it and so it just mm. it was that's kind of how it happened and so it, it wasn't like a you know the full band production it was just something that it did kind of um, quickly and uh, but it worked out and the message I really wanted to impart was just that sharing and that we always mm. would say to our twin boys about um, how the little things are important like walking the dog and mm. saying hi and starting your day with a smile if you can <laughs> things like that and giving a high five and just try to be a good person and fill someone's basket well, and I so guess... that's 
that's how, kind of how it came about. Yeah, because I guess that's the thing about doing so much traditional stuff, isn't it? You you are kind of immediately you have freedom to to kind of have fun musically, but but thematically you are really kind of stuck to a thing, aren't you? Quite often, and often these you know with traditional music the themes are hundred odd years old. Doesn't mean they're not mm-hmm. relevant today, but sometimes like another really beautiful one on this album, and and I'm I'm hoping it's original, but it might not be as a life cycle song. Yeah, that's original too. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. There was something very beautiful about that song. There's something very, um, and I can't. Again, I, I find with all of your, with all the, the emotions I get from listening to your music, I, I wasn't quite sure how to describe it. But it's, but there's, but you've hit on this really beautiful notion of just, you know, the idea of well, you just grow, and when you grow, you're different, and this happens, and it's no different to this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. But again, with Garden of Sounds and again with Gotta Give Love and then again with Life Cycle, I just don't think they're things you're going to be able to say using traditional music, traditional songs. Is it important then for you to have these originals in there? And then why only do three? Is it just because there's just these are the handful of things you want to say and you've said them and I'm great now I can move on? Or <laughs> uh, that's a good question. And pizza pasta opera is original as well. But yes, yes, of course, of course that one. So is. there's there's yep. four. <laughs> um, well, I would be like... I'd be de- definitely surprised if pizza pasta opera was was a traditional number. I'd be very very surprised. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah so, one, so, um, so the, yeah, yeah what... I, I only have. Well, I only have a few, a four, because, but it was important to me to have some original songs. So once again, I feel like people might want to listen to these mm-hmm. other songs. They want to have a take me out to the ball game. They want to have, people want to learn those songs or they want to learn about the Crawdad song or some of those songs that um, Catch Flying Star that they've, they've heard and they might want to like, oh, I, I remember that song when I was a kid. So I want to go find that song. And so... And those are some of my favorites, like like I said. And so those were really important to have. And I just feel like it, it is important for me to write new music and to add my own music onto projects. And I, I think it just works out to just do a little at a time because then mm. it kind of all fits in together. And I, these are all, the original songs are all kind of the fit into the let's all sing, like mm. singing songs mm. um, that you could sing along to. Um, especially pizza pasta with the chorus. Yeah, um, and it has that, you know, kind of um, homage to my opera, uh, just the classical music that comes, I still yeah, sing. Comes, and... comes through just a fraction in that song. Yeah, I picked up on yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I loved writing that stuff and those songs just because it was, I mean, they're, they're they're just fun songs. They're mm. um, they're not that deep, um, the message, mm. but they're they're just fun. And they're, I think it's important to have fun songs that you might want to just go sing and make a make a pizza or pasta mm. with your family member and sing mm. that song, put it on, you know, just have some fun. So, did it ignite a thirst in you to maybe do a full album of originals? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know I, I don't know if I have the confidence that someone would actually listen to it but i loved doing those songs so it's um i maybe we'll see i i do have another project that is um that is all originals and um but i'll talk to you about another time but um (laughs) so hopefully that one will come out in the next couple years but it has a a theme for kids as well just like you 
That confidence in who you are, and and you, you've been, you've you've made it, you've made those very definite decisions over the last 10, 15 years that this is what you present. And so, hearing those, uh, hearing the original works in there is is kind of really lovely because it's, I don't know, it kind of ignites this idea of what you are underneath the traditional songs. Because I guess with traditional songs, you can fall into the 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 um the perception that you lean on those songs because they're pre-written and everyone knows them whereas i think having these original ones and they are really they really are quite beautiful um and life cycle as i said i still don't really know how to i'll i'll one day in the near future let you know when i work out how i feel about about it what it, what it stirs in me but they are really beautiful and i think it's a i think it adds to the rest of your work and and makes me want to listen actually to your arrangements and everything i think it makes me kind of just go there's so much more to this than you just doing covers that i kind of want to mm-hmm. go. yeah and again covers isn't a fair term for you it's 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 you know what i mean because it's you know you're not doing you two in the corner on on an acoustic guitar what what is it like what's it like for you to perform live you get to do um, much of it? I, you're pretty you know, busy. I, I, I mean, don't do, you get, do yeah. yeah. I don't do as much. And my band actually, bef- uh, before well, They're COVID, all in I, Australia. Did, so it's... Yeah. <laughs> well, the live, <laughs> yeah. I did have a live band here in New Mexico. Um, and they actually moved, though, during COVID. So mm. that was, um, so I have since then, which I've had plenty of time. But mm. um, I haven't done a whole lot. And um, I've done some live performing, but I... I've been enjoying singing in this group now, um, a classical group. So I don't do as much, but I still work with kids. So, mm-hmm. um, but I enjoy it. I get the puppets out and, um, and I have a lot of fun. It just, mm-hmm. and, and that's so rewarding singing with kids and having them come up on stage with yeah. me and sing along. So it's awesome. I just don't do it as much as I'd like. Yeah. So hopefully um, I'll get to it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the thing about seeing you live, though, is I imagine you'd be one of those people that ensure that there's a there's a band, there's no playback. You're doing, exa- you know, and it's I don't know. I think I feel like you'd be one of those people that would look at live performance as a whole extension, not just a reiteration of the album. You know, it's a whole different experience, and therefore look yes. at that way. Absolutely. And it's much more fun with the whole band too. Like yeah. to just recreate everything. So yeah. Um what do you play when you play live? Or do you just let the band have at it and you just cruise up and down on the um, stage of the microphone? Yeah, that's pretty much maybe I'll play ukulele a little bit, but I work with puppets too, so it's hard to Amazing. um it's hard to do that and have kids and come play. up. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to do that at the same time. Especially I always like to have kids on stage with me and give them the opportunity and you know how that goes it's like mm-hmm. you want a few, a few kids and then 40 yep. come up on stage um so then you're kind mm-hmm. of the wrang- wrangler as well so um yeah so i don't do too much yeah and you need children on stage for your song i mean they know them all i mean you know having them up yeah. there singing with you is the whole point of it yeah. 
couple more questions and I'll let you go. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been um, it's been great. I, I'm, I really do love this album. I think it's really, really amazing. Um, first one's not really a question. I just want to say thank you for the start of Tiny Tim on the Animal Songs album because Aww. it's your joy. Um, just with the, the is, is that your children singing the start of that song? No, actually, that's uh, one of my friends, and he has autism, and um, it was such a big deal for him to do that yeah. and to feel confident and comfortable. And uh, my his mom is the drummer um, that I worked yeah. with for years um, for my live music, and she worked on a lot of that that record too. It was, and it was just so so. Thanks for saying that. That well, that's really it's special. actually it's about the only time that I I found myself. A little, just a fraction, a little disheartened when you took over and started singing. I, like, <laughs> oh, I want to. Oh, okay. Um, but um, yeah, no, I just wanted to say thank you for that. But also, just for the last question to wrap it up. Um, the, uh, it's 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 hard. Acknowledgement and things are hard to come by and they're hard to kind of quantify and winning awards and things like that. They're, they're always tricky. We sort of have them in, in all industries now. And I understand the benefit of them, but I also understand the disappointment of them and, and what it can do to a community. However, you, you, a lot of your accolades are strongly based around people and parent choice awards. Mm -hmm. You've, you've won several of those. Does that, how how does that? I'm trying to work, how do, how do I word this question? Looking at the way you really stick by your guns and you really want to share your the traditional music and you and you don't want it to disappear and you want to make sure families engage and you want to keep it keep it keep that candle burning. How important and how much does it mean to have a have celebrations like that? Because getting getting something from having a group of parents decide they love you the most <laughs> is um, for the lack of, I'm sure there's a better way of putting that is probably where you are. Is is it probably a nicer thing than an industry voted award? Is that is that kind of fair? Realistically, yes, because that's mm. who. If I want to make a living out of this, I think um, having peer approval is amazing, and. Mm. Um, and that is probably why I wanted to put on some original songs too, or, or make sure that I have original songs because I don't want to be thought of as someone from my peers that just does traditional music, like I, mm -hmm. as if I can't do something else. So, but I think ultimately the most important audience is the, the family. So mm -hmm. if I can get an award or accolades or something and just um, approval from families, then mm -hmm. That's that is the most important. That's why I'm doing this. I'm mm. not doing it to please peers, but um, but it is important to um, I, for me. It's important for them to know that I'm capable yeah, <laughs> of other no, things. I think I think celebrations a celebration of your work is a celebration of your work, and I think it's a beautiful thing no matter where it comes from. But it was just more like considering your love for having children involved, considering your passion for keeping this kind of genre alive and making sure it doesn't die. I, I felt, I felt like the, the parent support is actually really poignant. Poignant mm -hmm. parent support. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I felt. I just felt like it was probably in the scheme of things, even though, you know, you roll over in bed and go, damn it. I wish I got the Grammy. It's probably 
it's 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 serving you better and probably a better celebration of what you're trying to achieve to know the parents are seeing such value in what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Cause um, yeah, that, that is ultimately at the end of the day, that's, that's really what I'm doing right. it for. And um, of course, all the other awards would be amazing, but um, those <laughs> have, those have changed as well too. And it's, it's a lot different than when I first started. I wish mm. I had, had cared more and known more about mm. those when I mm. first started. Um, but now the, the industry is, it's, it's very different than when I started. Mm. And it's really awesome to hear all the, the new music and mm. that people are coming up with. It's incredible. And I love that um, it's so innovative and people are talking about these issues that are so important, how families look different, how they mm. feel different and all of those things, I think are really important subjects and um, they're, not subjects that maybe I feel as comfortable talking about or writing about at the moment, but um, the a lot of the new artists are doing a great job yeah, <laughs> in that well, in that area, and they and they are winning the Grammys, and mm. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I do also think, like I think about the children's sector is uh, you know trends come and go, and and well, it's not that it's a trend; it's this is sort of where the zeitgeist is. But I guess it's more. Um, there's a bigger choice. What do you want to listen to? It's available mm -hmm. now. Whereas I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, it kind of a lot of that stuff wasn't, you know, there was certain things dictated. Whereas now I think where the scene or where the industry is headed and then it's the world over is there's just a bigger, I'm organizing a podcast at the moment with a group in, the Netherlands and they're, they're like a hardcore, hardcore metal band for children. And they go out dressed as dinosaurs and play and like, they are proper metal. They're not metal for children. They are metal. And, and cause it's a big genre over there and there's all the, and mm -hmm. so I think just that idea that there's so much to choose from now, which is just like music for adults, you know, and I think that's the thing. It's about just finding the way to understand and respect that children have different tastes as well. Some of them mm -hmm. want this, some of them want that. Anyway, that will lead down to the rabbit hole of my opinion of children's music and children and things like that. And this is not about me. So, um, Susie, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for taking your time today and telling us. It's a really beautiful album. I'm really sort of struck by, and there's a few things I mentioned at the start that I'll just reiterate to anyone listening. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a real, the this, there's a delivery in you and, you know, talking about being in the room with people like Trent Reznor and, and you know, Tracy Chapman and Ron Sexsmith, like that, that delivery is in you. It's really it's 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 like you you really do eye yourself as a tool to the song rather than a song being the tool for you um and and I'm really I'm really it's really beautiful and I'm really grateful for it and having those extra songs I think um life cycle I mean life cycle I'll get to you at some point when I work out how that makes me feel um but yeah thank you very much so I really appreciate you taking the time and filling us in and I feel like it could have gone on forever but at some point people will start turning off <laughs> um so thank you very much for your time today chatting thank to you me. thank you so much and I love hearing your podcast it's a joy to me so thank you for having me 
If you'd like to know more about Susie, then head along to her website at susietolman.com. And of course, for more Benny time, head along to bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Susie questions. Questions.